This is episode 153 of the Church Venture Northwest podcast. We're continuing Growth Getaway 2015. This is session two. that uh, you haven't spoken to yet. God, that 
that even this morning, even now in the midst of the tiredness and craziness and, and the long day ahead of us, God, that you would speak into hearts. God, you would soften every heart, open every ear. God, take away all the distractions. Maybe, maybe there's people here that are just excited and ready for the day and they're seeing this as a time just to sit through. God, I pray that you would focus those hearts, God, and, and, and focus every heart. God, you have a, a wonderful truth, God, to speak into lives today. God, an incredible vision for lives today. I pray in your name I pray. Amen. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. You can go ahead and have a seat. So, I have four kids. Uh, the reason I have four kids is because I wanted three daughters. And we had a son number two, so I'm like, well, we gotta have four kids then, because gotta have the three daughters, right? That's. And then my wife said, well, what if the third one is is a boy? I said, well, then we'd have five kids. Do the math. <laughs> You're Asian. You. Know. I didn't mean it like that. It's because she was a math major. She graduated in math. Man, you guys. And uh, and so I have three kids. Well, my middle one, uh, Kinsey is her name. She's She just turned eight years old. Me and her are pretty much the same. We have the same sense of humor. She's learning electric guitar. In fact, two days ago, she said to me, Dad, when you get too old for the Hidden Hearts, then I'll take over as the electric guitarist. That's not cute. What do you mean? Cute? Yeah. Oh, that's so cute when you get old and decrepit. <laughs> Just gets a smile on her face like 
<laughs> but you know what I love about camp? What I love about camp is, is not being at home in the same house as Kinsey. Because ever since like three years ago, she started this habit where she wakes up in the middle of the night and uh, she's too scared and she needs me to go potty with her. And I don't do anything. She's old enough that I just stand there. And she goes potty and then, and then we, she goes back to her bed. I don't mind waking up. I can go back to sleep like that. What I don't like is how she wakes me up. <laughs> because how she wakes me up, she opens up the door really quietly and walks really quietly over to me. And I've got a bed that's about as tall as her. And I'm usually facing out. And she just stares at me. <laughs> and there's nothing scarier, friends. <laughs> in the middle of the night than a little girl. The band and I uh, hiked up the mountain yesterday at around midnight. And uh, we're up there and there's this, this little clearing and there's these trees. And, and I said, you know, the scariest thing that could come out of those trees would be a little girl. <laughs> My daughter with her pink guitar talking about pigs eating themselves. <laughs> I want to talk about fear today. I just have one verse for you and one thought. That's all I ever have. I don't know why people take notes, but you can if you want. It's Exodus 14, 14. I love this verse because like I said, my, uh, my daughter has the same type of humor as me, so when she's talking to me, sometimes I go over to the pantry door, and I open the pantry door, and I say, Kinsey, this is what your mouth is doing, and this is what I want it to do, and then I close the door, so, and then she cries up. She just... But this is, this is what Moses is saying to the people. This is right after, if you know the story, this is right after Moses leads the people out of Egypt through all these plagues and finally the final plague where the angel of death comes through and destroys the firstborn, including the Pharaoh, the firstborn of the king dies in Egypt. And finally, the Pharaoh lets the people go and the people are following God till they get to the banks of the Red Sea. And they're on here in the banks of the Red Sea, this impossible body of water to pass, when who should come behind them? But the Pharaoh. <laughs> Turn that off, that's scary. But the Pharaoh and all his armies, a well-trained army of chariots, and so now the people of Israel who've been slaves for generation after generation, they don't have a fighting bone in their body. 
On the one hand, they have this body of water that they could drown in. On the other hand, they have these, this army they could die by. It's like drowning or spear, which do you want? And they're afraid. They're full of fear. They're on the banks of the Red Sea and they have a very important decision to make. Are they going to go back into slavery? Or are they going to step into the greatness of the Red Sea? And I believe we are in a room full of people, you, that are on the banks of greatness. You are here for a purpose, and that purpose is a vision for your life that is greater than the vision that God has for your life. I don't know what that vision is. Some of you started to open your eyes to it and hear it and see it last night. Some of you, God's going to reveal that vision to you today or maybe tomorrow or the weeks to come. But I believe we're all on the banks of the Red Sea. And the question is, are we going to allow fear to control us or are we going to allow God to control us? Because suddenly on the banks of the Red Sea, the people just quaken in fear. Moses says these words, the Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. This is what your mouth is doing with fear. And you just need to shut it and let the Lord do his work. You need to step into the greatness that God has prepared for you. And the people do. Man, how different would the book of Exodus be if the people standing on the banks of greatness, instead of stepping into the greatness that God had prepared for them, would have stepped back because of fear? Because here's the truth. Fear controls us. Fear controls you. And whatever you fear the most controls you the most. Fear has a way of directing your steps and directing your paths. Man, you think about some of your fears. You think about maybe some of those um, irrational fears that you have. How many of you have the irrational fear of spiders? Mm. Isn't that weird that you could be walking to your bedroom and wanting to spend some time in your bedroom playing Pokemon like all you middle schoolers do, or pogs, or what? We have a pog player in the house, friends. Just calm down. Just step away. Just step away. And you want to go into your room, and you have this idea in your head of going to your room to get away from your younger brother, and you go, and you think you're going to go into your room, and all of a sudden, you see the thing you fear the most, a spider crawling on your bed, and you run! Why? Because fear controls you. And whatever you fear the most controls you the most. Do you want to hear my irrational fear? I used to not tell my irrational fear to people because I was afraid to share my fear because I'm 38 years old, almost too old to play electric guitar. And, uh, and I was, I, I've been afraid, I've been afraid from this ever since the fourth grade when my mama dropped me and my older brother off to stay the night at some babysitter's house and we convinced them that we could watch uh, rated R horror movies. <laughs> and, and we went, and we went, and they took us to rent some movies and we rented some baby shop. And we picked Nightmare on Elm Street 1 and 2 and the babysitter was like, are you sure your parents allow you to watch this? And we're like, mm -hmm. yeah, we all live and we have them. We watch them all, one, two, three, whatever, Halloween, it doesn't, ain't no thing. 
10 p.m. The babysitter goes to sleep upstairs, and we're left in the living room with these big windows in our sleeping bags, the green ones from REI, and we're sitting there, and we watch Nightmare on Street 1 and 2 back to back, and by the time it's all over, it's like 2 a.m., and I have seen things I have never seen before, and, uh, and the premise, the premise of Nightmare on Elm Street is the way that the Freddy Krueger gets you is when you go to sleep. <laughs> and now you have to go to sleep. And my older brother, he just turns over and says, okay, good night, Rocky, and now I'm just in this house. <laughs> Don't let bed. Don't let <laughs> And ever since then, no joke, ever since then, I have been scared of the dark. In fact, this is my irrational fear. I promise you this. You can ask people that know me well. I am scared of staying at my house, 38 years old, I'm afraid of staying at my house by myself. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I've got certain rules because fear has a way of controlling you. I've got all these rules. I don't ever leave the house when it's dark. I stay in. No showers. <laughs> Lock every door. Turn on every TV and every light. Lock the door to your bedroom. Put something in front of the door. Turn on the TV in the bedroom. Uh, here's one. This is a rule that I have. No flushing the toilet once the sun goes down. <laughs> Do you want to know why? The reason is because if you flush the toilet and make a loud noise, there could be some crazy psychotic clown right outside your window, and they're just waiting for that thing to flush, and as soon as it flushes, they'll break the glass, crawl in, and then they're hiding. Yeah. And they'll pull a kinsey at 2 a.m. just sitting staring at you. So, check this out. The last time I had to stay at my house by myself, I couldn't do it. So you know what I did? I called one of my friends. I called Pastor Tony. I'm like, Pastor Tony, you gotta come stay over at my house for the kids because I'm a scared little girl that drives a Toyota Highlander. I have become woman because I tried to psych myself up before because I didn't want to confess this to him because it's embarrassing because fear controls you. And whatever you fear the most controls you the most. And I didn't want to share that fear with him, so I went on uh, to my favorite friend Google and typed in, uh, how do you overcome the fear of staying at home alone? And I started reading all these blogs written by women. <laughs> well, when my husband is gone for a business trip, <laughs> after my Pilates, I drive back home with my Highlander. And I'm like, yeah, tell me more. Tell me more. I tell you, every time I get up on stage to preach, I get scared. Yeah, it's true. I've got uh, different fears. I have a fear that um, the only reason you're smiling is because my zipper's down. <laughs> And so I check like eight times every time I get up. 
Now, here's the truth. I don't ever cuss. I'm not a person that cusses. But I'm afraid that one day I'll be up on stage preaching before a bunch of middle schoolers or adults. And all of a sudden, it's just a cuss word will come out. Uh, it's such a big fear. And then you guys will all look at me. And that one sixth grader will be like, what does that mean? And then I'll be like, Everybody will be quiet, and then I'll just run out there, and you'll never see me again. <laughs> Where did they go? Well, who's that grover? Get away. And he said this word, and we never saw him again. And now kids, we can be the electric guitars. Get it on the phone. Bring the hot guitar. I have this fear that when I come up on stage, uh, That is not doing any good. That, that maybe uh, God's done with me and, and he's got uh, nothing left to say through me. And it, it'd just be a, a good, uh, fun time, but God won't speak. That's a fear. And, uh, and just think for a second, what if I allowed that very real fear, those fears of getting on the stage to prevent me from getting up on the stage? When we prepare, every time I get up to get on the stage, it's like I'm on the banks of the Red Sea and there's these fears, just like the Egyptian armies and these fears. And Moses is saying, man, God is fighting for you. All you have to do is shut your mouth and get up there and walk in the greatness that he has prepared for you. I'll tell you another fear that I have, and, and now we can now we can get a little bit deep, but this is a fear I've got a, um, man, I got a, a fear of, of, uh, I got a fear of rejection, I've got a fear of um, intimacy and getting close uh, to people. I remember this one time, I was, uh, I'm a runner, and, and I used my running as a time to talk with God. I was on a 12-mile run, and I started in the first mile. I just said, God, I want you to speak to me. I want you to say whatever it is that you have for me. Just speak to me right now. I'm, I'm marking out the next 11 miles for you to speak to me. Just speak clearly to me. And, and he said so clearly to me, he said, Rocky, you're trying to do this life on your own. You need to get uh, some people around you. You need to get some men uh, to share your soul with. To pray with each other, encourage each other. Because you can't live this life alone. Because I live the life alone. Because I'm afraid of intimacy and I'm afraid of rejection. You put those two together, it's just like he's just alone. Man, and I love working a crowd. I've got lots of relationships that are like an inch deep. But nobody really knows my soul. And God says, somebody needs to know your soul. And I said, okay, God. And so you know what I did the next week? I said on the next run, I said, okay, God, I want you to tell me who those people are in my life. God, tell me who those people are. Show me who those people are. Give me some names. You know what God did? God gave me some names. So you know what I did the next week? I said, God, I want you to confirm those names. <laughs> and I spent the next two weeks praying that God would confirm those names. And God said, yes, those are the names. David and Jeff. And then I spent the next two weeks saying, but is there a third one too? I don't want to start this circle and then you give me a third name. So, and week after week, month after month, year after year, until I left that church and left that city and never did walk in 
to that greatness that God had for me because I allowed fear to control my steps. And I think back to that time 10 years ago and wonder, how would my life be different? And you don't know when you allow fear to control your steps. I look into the people. God will fight for you. God will overcome those enemies. God will conquer those fears, those very real fears. All you need to do is shut your mouth and step into the greatness that God has for you. And so go ahead and close your eyes as we prepare to worship. And then after worship, going into some time where we get to um, share what is in our heart. What are those fears? And why don't you just spend some time with the Lord right now and just ask him, God, what is it that is controlling my life? God, are you controlling my life or is fear controlling my life? What is that fear? And then ask him, say, God, what is that? What's that vision you have for me? What is that greatness that you're calling me to walk into? And he's your fight for me, God. Because I've got this fear preventing me from walking into that greatness. Say, what's my fear? Say, what's that greatness you have for me? Let's just listen together.